0: Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. Amen. Praise the Lord. I wonder, you know, and and I I don't have to wonder, I know when Paul was... Paul was in prison and Paul had been beaten and all those things. You know, I know he felt the prayers of the saints. And I know Keith says on on a regular basis, he uh, feels our prayers. Many of you text him all the time. Many of you call him, all of those things. But you know what? I hope you feel prayers for you. Your staff here at Mountain View pray for you every day. We get calls all the time knowing that people are hurting and people are in pain and we're praying for you pray them each and every time. In fact, most of the time we pray right then so that we can make sure we get that prayer in. I, I can tell you right now, folks, I can tell you, right now I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm excited about that. How many of you, how many of you, just by a show of hands, because I, I want to know. When you guys go out and you, uh, you put in your GPS, you put an address in your GPS. For those of you who do that, most of us do but it'll tell you a time that you're most likely to arrive and at that moment I make a plan I make a plan of how I'm going to shave some of those minutes off of there this morning this morning uh had an opportunity to uh preach at Woodbury Baptist Church and I pushed in my I punched in GPS and I said my goodness I got to I got to hurry. Look at that right there. And I got to thinking, it said I could be there in a certain amount of time. And Lance, don't listen to this. Just close your ears. Just close your ears. But anyway, I said, my goodness, I got to, I got to you. all of you do Raise a hand if you've ever done that. If you've ever tried to shave. Yes. See, we're all in the rest of your line. So here we go. So here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going along. But what I knew for sure, man, is when you get in the wood bed. and I didn't get it pulled over. I didn't, that ain't the part of the story. All right. But anyway, I get, you, know, you get to Woodbury and you're like, man, you better slow down in a hurry because it went from like 75 to 25 in just that amount of time, you know. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. That, look, 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 here, here's the thing. Somebody can say on a regular basis, say, listen, oh, I got a traffic ticket The devil was all over me. No, 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 your foot was too heavy. See, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people, oh, the devil was doing this, the devil was doing that. that let, let, let me explain something to you. Those traffic tickets, they come because you've broken the law. That's why, that's why those things happen. There's a man one time, he got pulled over by the police. And a uh, policeman came up to him and said, I want to see your license. I want to see registration. All I want to see insurance, the whole nine yards. The guy said, uh, I was just in a robbery. I was just in a robbery. He said, wait a second, you just got robbed? He said, no, 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 I was the robber. He said, what? So he starts to pull his gun and everything. And he starts to reach inside. The guy says, don't reach inside. He said, I've got an unregistered loaded weapon. And the guy said, no, no, wait. He starts calling back up. Because Sammy's calling back up on his, on, on his, uh, see me there, his little, his little whatever, walkie-talkie, radio, whatever. But anyway, he starts calling him back up. And they said, they come out there. He says, listen, all the loot's in the back. I mean, he's just telling them the whole story, giving them the whole story. All the loot's in the back, got a loaded weapon. I just was in a robbery, and the police having a fit, they all get there. And as they're taking them away, they said, sir, uh, this officer has told us, said, you got all the loot in the back, says, you got a loaded, unregistered uh, weapon, says, you were in, uh, uh, engaged in a robbery, and we can't find out any of that. None of that's true. He said, I bet that liar told you I was speeding too. Amen. See here here's, here, here's the thing, folks. But listen, listen carefully. Listen carefully to me, because I'm telling you, a lot of times, folks. And listen, sometimes it is the devil. Sometimes it is. I, we're going to go into a we're going to go to a passage of scripture where a storm happened to Paul. Paul was in a storm. The storm was a natural occurrence. The storm was a natural occurrence. People say, well, you know, all of these. And yes, God has to ordain or not ordain, and all those things. I understand all that. But this was an area we're going to get into in a minute. This was an area where storms normally happen. And so what what we're going to go into is when life happens, when just normal life happens to you, when just things are happening, when these storms are coming against you, but they are just normal occurrences that are happening, not just, I'm not talking about traffic tickets. I'm talking about, I'm talking about when, when the awful things of this world, and granted, this was very, very spiritual, but when somebody in your church calls early morning and says, my grandson just took took his life, you're sitting there weeping, going, God, how do you call somebody and talk to him about that? How do you, what do you say to them? What, what are the words you speak to them in, into a family like that about how do you do? But what, what about, what about the fact that, you know, that everybody, everybody's going to pass away and everybody's going to die and they're going to go through that storm and, and they're going through the storm of, uh, of just everyday business or a tornado comes through and we go, oh, why did that tornado happen to happen this way? Why did this happen to happen to that? What are we supposed to do when we enter into storms that happen to everybody every day? What are we supposed to do? If you would, please Stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to be in Acts chapter 27. You're familiar with the story? Praise God for that. We're going to read the first two verses, and then, of course, we'll read much, much more. And it was determined that we should sail into Italy. They delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto the one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus, band. And entering to the ship, Adramidium, we launched, meaning to sail by the oasis of Asia, and Aristarchus, and the Macedonia and Thessalonica being with us. You may be seated. Say, Ryan, where in the world are we going with this? Well, look, first of all, let's look at this. We're in the Acts of the Apostles. We're in the Acts of the Apostles. Not the laziness of the Apostles. Not the sitting back of the Apostles. Not the preaching of the Apostles, although they did some preaching in their action. but These are the Acts of the Apostles. They were busy. They were busy taking the gospel to the rest of the world. They were doing things. They were, they were, they were just as busy as they possibly could be. They took action which is what the church is going to have to do. In the coming years, just like in the past, we're going to have to take action. I remember hearing a story of a, of a, a, a police officer. He, he worked in uh, Houston, Texas. He was working in Houston, Texas, and uh, Obama was about to be inaugurated, and they needed extra security up there in, in Washington, D.C., and so they, uh, they called folks, and they said, listen, we, we need you up here. We need, we need you to come up here. And sure enough, there were tons and tons of these guys that volunteered to go up there, and they did, and they needed the security, there's no doubt. But this one man, this one man, his name was Elliot, he, he, was, he was standing there as an officer, and you may have heard this story, but there was a lady that fell off into a subway, railway place right there, and look, they had, they had built all kinds of frames around it to try to keep people from falling in, but she had fallen in, and people were screaming and hollering, and he ran. He was from Houston, Texas, and he was in Washington, D.C. He happened to hear a voice, and he ran over there, and he starts to pull her up out of there. And he's he's trying, he can't quite get her. The train is coming quickly. So he dives down in the hole with her, pushes her underneath the platform. They have just about a foot as the train passes by just as quickly as it can. That day, at that time, she needed a Savior. The Acts of the Apostles, they took action because they knew this world out here and nothing's changed. This world out here needs a Savior. Who are we going to show them? Who are, we going to, who are we going to show them? The first thing I see in this whole story is a saint secured. Paul, is, Paul has been arrested. He had just got through talking to Festus. He was talking to Festus. He was, like, he was telling him his story. He was telling him about being blinded. He was telling him about God changing his heart. And Festus said, oh, listen. He says, you've almost convinced me. And Paul says, oh, I wish I could fully convince you. I wish I could fully convince you. But see, Festus said, I don't see anything that I should keep him in here any longer. We should just let him go. The only problem is Paul had appealed to Caesar. Say, said, Ryan, what does that even mean? He had appealed to the top honcho. He said, I don't want to just go here. I want to go to the top. I want to take the gospel to the top. So you may, you may say that I didn't do anything wrong and let me go, but I don't want to be let go yet. I want to go to Caesar. So what they did is they set up camp. They set up a time camp, and they said, look, we're going to get on this boat at this time. Julius, you're in charge of Paul. If anything happens to Paul, it's your head. You're in charge of Paul. But Julius liked uh, Paul pretty good anyway. And so they're they're about, to get on this, they're about to get on this boat, but here's something they didn't understand. They all knew this, but they didn't understand the consequences. There's storms in this area. This whole area during this time of year, there's storms, and, and it's, it's, it's obvious, and there are people looking at this thing, and they're about to get on the boat and stuff, and in just a minute, we'll see what Paul tells them, but this say, look, look, when God has a plan for you, he's going to take care of you. Now, listen to me. That doesn't mean at some point you're not going to get beat up. Doesn't mean you're not going to have to go through some pain or some trials or something like that, but he is guiding this whole thing. It's not that God was bringing certain storms on them; these storms always happened, and they happened no matter what. If you went on the waters, you knew the storms were coming. But Paul said, "Paul said, listen, listen, I, we're gonna we're gonna know we're gonna get through this, and we'll find out in a minute." He said, "What we know is there are storms across this nation right now in America, but we're gonna get through it." Now listen to me, listen to me. Paul right here, he's a saint secured. He's being taken care of. Nobody, look, can't, he, can't, he can't even move without them knowing what he's doing. But let me tell you something. What Paul knew about going to uh, Caesar, what he knew about going to them was, you got to take some chances, Christians. You gotta say, I don't. If I get an opportunity to speak to that one, I'm gonna speak to that one. If somebody takes me to that level, I'm gonna take that, I'm gonna go here. He had to step out, and you all know it. You have to climb out on the branch to get the fruit. That's what he said. I'm gonna do it. Whatever it takes of my life, I wanna get here because I want to tell them the gospel. I wanna tell them, and whatever it takes, I'm gonna get there. I see a saint secured. Nobody was gonna let anything happen to Paul. But then I see this: I see trusting treatment. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you something. Christians ought to be the best about everything. Let, 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 me, let me give you an idea about what I'm talking about. You say, "Oh, I worked in a factory. You ought to be the best worker there. Just, not because you want to be prideful, but because Jesus is Lord of your life. If, you, if, you're the, if you're an officer in the army, you ought to be the best there is. If you're a, hey, if you're a homemaker, you ought to be the best there is. If you're a mother or father, you ought to be the best there is. If you're a, listen to this, if you're a tipper in a restaurant, you ought to be the best there is. (laughs) Because I'm going to tell you, I I worked in a restaurant in my early years. My early years, when I didn't follow Christ, I was bartender. No joke, I I, I was bartender. And here's the thing, what I do. This is what I knew. See, my grandmother told me about, told me about all this stuff. She told me, she said, when you go to the restaurants and stuff, it'll be the Christians who don't tip. When I work with in those restaurants, when I'd work in those restaurants, hey, those folks would say, listen, we don't want to work on Sunday. Why? Those church people don't tip. Those church people, oh well, listen, if they gave me good service, and that's not, listen, I get all of that. I understand all that. And it does have a lot to do with what I do. But we ought to be the we ought to be the best in everything we do, folks, because we're doing it for the Lord. I said, Work as though you're working for the Lord. Work as though you're working for God. You're not working for man, you're working for God. Whatever you're doing, it ought to be the best you can possibly do. Oh, listen to me. And we got to be careful who we're following. Listen, he was getting, there was trusting treatment. They, they believed in Paul. They said, Paul, listen, I don't know that I believe your gospel, but you're a good man. I've been seeing you all around. We're going to treat you right. Verse 3 says this, and the next day we touched at Sidon. And Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friend's to refresh himself do you realize what i'm saying they had him prisoner but when they stopped at a port they said paul you got free reign paul would get off the boat might have one man with him he didn't have any chains he did at times but he didn't have any chains they let him go visit with his friends friends that would pray for him all these things like this oh oh, listen he'd get off that boat he'd get uh, he'd get off there and he could do what he wanted to he was being treated right and look they 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 respected him you got to be careful who you emulate who you lift up they love. They love. They love Paul. Calvin Coolidge was president many, many years ago, and Calvin Coolidge would invite friends to the White House, so they could see because he was from an area just just backwoods folks, and he'd invite them to the White House. It was a big deal, and he invited some of those folks up to the White House, and they said, "Man, I don't know which fork to use." I- Ryan Christopher doesn't, okay? But, but I don't know which fort to use, how to move my towel and stuff. And they made an agreement. They were going to do everything that Calvin Coolidge did. And it worked perfectly until. See, they, they knew it. When he'd pick up a fort, they'd pick up a fort. When he picked up a napkin, he picked up a napkin. And when they wiped his mouth, he didn't pay much attention to that, but they were all doing it. And they said, man, this has worked out good until he started fixing his coffee. And here, what he did is he, instead of taking his cup, Calvin took, Calvin took his saucer. And he poured some co- coffee in the saucer. They all look at each other, and they poured coffee into their saucer. At that time, he poured, he poured some other things into his coffee and made it just as like he wanted to. And they, they, just, they did the same thing. They did the same thing until he took that and laid it down for the cat. Now, listen, 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 folks. We got to be careful who we emulate and act like. Paul said, Paul was so revered. Even at this time, he was being beaten up by the Jews. He was being beaten up by the Romans. He'd been, but there were certain people that revered him so they knew who to look up to. They knew to, they said, listen, when you get off the boat, when you get off here, you do what you need to do. We got to get you to Caesar. That's our job. You just be pleased. We're going to get you there as best we can. You got to watch who you lift up. Hey, let me tell you all a story. They didn't know I was going to share this. I don't know, I don't know if, uh, if, you know, Curran, Curran calls Chris Christopher. It's very, very formal very formal Christopher Christopher calls me the other day no text me and Christopher Christopher says I've got somebody I need you to talk to now I, I, I look up to Chris I like him I believe he's a godly young man he is a godly young man he said I got somebody I want to talk to she's in a very 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 dark place I said, my goodness, Chris. I said, I will, man. I, I'll talk to him. I can't write this second, but in just a couple of hours, I said, but wait, I, I, I can call now. I mean, we're talking about suicide, what we're talking about. Oh, he said, no, 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 nothing quite that serious. He said, just, just please, if you can, just please. Call. Oh, listen, man, I went and 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 look, I, well, I won't I won't tell you now, but I went praying. I was Lord, just give me the right words, whatever. And it was, it was, it was a couple hours later, and I got in a truck and I said, I said, I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna call Chris. And I got, I called Chris. Now listen, this is, these, these are loving, wonderful, godly people. I called Chris. Chris. Chris kind of said, no, 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 you didn't call. her." Hey, look, look, look. And I, and I want you to grin. I want you to grin because he started giggling a little bit. I said, Chris, what's up? He said, no, 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 no. Just call her. Just call her. Just call her. I knew something was up. Guys, I, 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 I was born in the dark, but it wasn't yesterday. And look, look, look. Hey, I said, Chris. Tell me now what I'm getting into. He said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, you got to call. Please call. Please call. Please call. Hey, I get on the phone. I said, she's in a dark place, huh? he said, oh, yeah, she's in a dark place. Hey, I get on that phone. I'm, Lord, give me some words. And so I call up. It is the office of Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> you might be, Hey, you got to be careful who you lift up in this place. Amen be careful I told him I said don't you be calling me about a prayer request brother man <laughs> hey hey at least he told the truth she is in a very dark place she is a very dark but I saw trusting treatment folks trusting treatment and then I saw this I saw a wasted warning verses 9 and 10 say this now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous Because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be hurt and has much damage, not only by laden the ship, but also our lives. He says to them, Do you understand? We're about to, in the wrong season, get on a boat and go through the wrong waters at the wrong time. I don't see this ending well. I don't, I don't see, look, look, there are storms that happen in our life, there are deaths that happen, there are crashes, there are all these kind of things that we see. We're warning people against all sorts of things, and it just, it seems like it goes in one ear and out the other. And here's the thing, when we're warning them, we were even warning them in this nation about the economy. Most of you realize at some point, at some point, this economy, this economy has to fall apart. I mean, it's not, a matter of, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, and that's not some kind of doomsday and it's scary. And I'm just telling you guys, I don't know what we'll do. But here's the thing. You say, well, tell me something about these dollars. Let me, let me tell you something. How long, how long is a million seconds? It's 12 days. It's just 12 days. A million seconds is 12 days. Think about that, a million dollars. If you got a dollar a second, dollar a second, just 12 days, you'd have a million dollars given to you. What about a billion? 32 years. From 12 days to 32 years. Dollar, 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 dollar for 32 years, 24-7. Seven days a week, all month, 32 years. Hey, what about a trillion? It would take them 32,000 years. See, we throw around trillion like it's nothing. We throw around trillion like, hey, let's throw in another Trillion. But if somebody could pay you a dollar a second, it'd take 32,000 years to pay out a trillion dollars. See, the warnings go out there. Listen to me. The warnings go out there. But nobody's listening. Paul says, won't you listen? Won't you please listen? See, nobody's using common sense anymore. We're out there. We're trying to tell them, come to a Savior who can love you. Two things I wish people would use more of, deodorant and common sense. And look, it isn't as common as it used to be. It's not as common as it used to be. I can tell you, we're, we're, running, into, we're running into land. We're running into land. We're gonna, this boat's going to bust up as a storm. All these different things. And people just keep looking and keep laughing and saying, man, you're crazy. What about this? I see a stubborn storm. I see a stubborn storm. Verses 13 through 15. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, losing fence, they sailed close to Crete, But not long after there arose against a tempestuous wind called Arachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. Which was then taking up they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands straight sail and so were driven and we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest the next day they lightened the ship and this goes on and on verses 18 through 20 says this and we being exceedingly tossed with tempest the next day they lightened the ship and the third day we cast out with our hands the tackling of the ship and when neither sun nor stars and many days appeared when neither sun nor stars and many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. Folks, back in 1900, the city was Galveston, Texas. They had a weatherman there. That weatherman in there was Isaac Klein. Isaac Klein was one of the best known at that time. And with the instruments he had, he was one of the best around. Galveston had never had a hurricane. Galveston had never had a hurricane But they had had warning that one was on the way. Isaac said, don't you worry about that. We're not going to have one. We're going to have some bad storms or maybe, but we're not going to have that. Hey, in two hours, two hours, uh, two hours before the hurricane actually hit Galveston, there were children running and playing in the puddles. The, the streets were getting water in them, and they only had five to six inches of water in them. And, and but they were playing in it, and finally they get up knee deep. And all the kids were playing. They were men who went to the diner that morning to eat, and they were spending time with friends and laughing and having a good time. And just a couple hours later, six thousand people were dead. We're not heeding the warning. We're not heeding the warning that's out there today. We're not heeding a warning as Christians. When we look around and we realize the storm is on its way, we're in the middle of it now and we're being tossed to and fro and nobody's listening to us. We have to keep bringing it. We have to keep bringing it. We have to keep bringing the truth. These addictions, these spiritual battles, all of these things in our family, all these things that we're fighting, alcohol, the whole nine yards. Friends, don't we know the storms are all around us? Oh, I see a stubborn storm. But then I see, I see a prideful presentation. I don't know about you, but I I don't particularly like being in the middle of a big storm and somebody say, I told you so. I told you. you, should have listened to me. Well, Paul had some weaknesses. Let's look at verse 21, 22. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Now, this is the middle of the storm, can't see anything. Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Now, if it's me, I'm throwing him overboard. It's not me. He says, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the ship. Wait a second. He says, you should have listened to me, but I'm letting you know. I'm letting you know nothing's going to happen to any of us. Ship's not going to make it, but nothing's going to happen to any of us. He, he starts with his prideful. Listen, some people can be cocky, and, and there was times when he he would get a little bit. He said, listen, guys, you should have listened to me. A little boy one time, he, his mama was in there pointing her finger at him. She says, hey, last night there were eight cookies, big cookies in this cookie jar. This morning there's one. What's the, what's the deal? He said, I must not have seen that last one. <laughs> Look, look, that, that, that's just cockiness. But listen, Paul wasn't, Paul wasn't really trying. He was just trying to tell him, look, guys, you didn't listen to me the first time. You might want to listen now. You didn't listen to me the first time. And see, there are people out there who have made mistake after mistake. You say, listen, listen, I know you don't listen to it. The Bible has the greatest, all the all the gifts, all these different things. It has all of this ready for you. You hadn't listened before. Listen now. And as we see a nation that's falling apart, what we ought to be saying is, please just listen now. Please just listen now. Can't you see that what we've been saying is coming to pass? Can't you see that these end times, whether you believe it's tomorrow or it's 100 years from now, that we're beginning to see these signs? Can't you see that somebody ought to believe? But it's going to take, look, look, it's going to take, and Paul could be a great optimist. But in this world, I understand it takes optimists and pessimists. I get it. I get it. The optimist invented the airplane. The pessimist invented the parachute. It takes them both. But listen to me. Listen to me. He was being an optimist in this. He said, guys. I'm telling you, we're going to make this. And let me promise you, church, I don't know what happens to us individually. I don't know what happens in your life through storms. I don't know what you have to go through. There's no way for me to plan that for you. But I can tell you this, the church itself will make it. The church itself will make it. Because the Word of God says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Somehow, some way, America or wherever it is, I'm telling you, the church will survive, praise God. When we look at this, we say to ourselves, oh, there's a prideful presentation, but he is proud of the Lord. I read about a man named Eric. He was the first blind man to climb Mount Everest. Folks, there's a lot of people with eyes that'll never even see anything close to that. But he climbed Mount Everest and they asked him a question. They said this, what type of team, what type of team do you need when you go on something like that? He said, I'll tell you exactly the team I need. The team I need is people who believe optimistic, just crazy optimism. I need them to believe. So many people say, I'll believe it when I see it. No, friends, in Christianity, you'll see it if you believe it. You'll see it if you believe it. See, all right, I don't believe any of this can happen in church. I don't believe we can rebuild. I don't believe we can do this. I don't believe you can do that. Listen, I know who God is. He may not use me to do it, but I can tell you, he can rebuild churches across this land. He can do that, and he can bring it. He can bring strength and growth and and all those things inside of people, discipleship, all that, he can still do it. Why? Did he just suddenly fall off the face of the earth, have no power? Some devil walked up with his own ungodly kryptonite and said, God, you've got no power anymore. He can do all of this. There was a prideful presentation, folks. Let me tell you something. There's a problematic plan. There's a problematic plan. Verses 23 through 26. For there stood by me this night an angel of God. He's talking to the people on the boat. Whose I am and whom I serve. That's that God he serves. Saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that shall sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Be of good cheer. Why? Because I believe God. Be of good cheer because I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me, howbeit we must cast upon a certain island. Now, wait a second, this plan's got a problem. Paul, you're talking about we're all going to make it, but what you're saying is the ship's going to blow. I don't like that kind of. I don't like that kind of message. I want somebody to tell me, man, it's going to be easy squeezy. I'm, I wish it was in a can and just could spray it out and everything be just all right. Everything. I, that's the message I want. He says, no, guys, while we're standing in the storm, we're all going to be. Listen, it's raining on our faces. It hurts. Have you ever had rain just go against your face and it just sting because it was coming down so fast? Oh my goodness. He says, guys. Listen to me. We're all going to survive. Every last one of us is going to survive. But the boat is going to be destroyed. I don't know what the buildings are going to look like one day. But I know what Christians are going to be like. We're going to make it, folks. We're going to make it in the midst of all this. This was a problem. Man, Christians have gotten so solved. I wrote all this stuff down, guys. If you're under 30, you may be in the back with Eric, but... You ain't going to have a clue what I'm talking about. I wrote these down. There was a time when everybody, nearly everybody, slept in the same room with lead paint. I'm serious. I'm only partly brain damaged. Hey, listen, 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 listen. It gets better than that. Hey, there was a time when there were no childproof lids. There was a time when there was no childproof house. That's exactly right. There was an, hey, listen, these days, folks will put it. Hey, if you can put a helmet on your baby in a, in, a, in a high chair, you'll be happy. Put a helmet on them. Put a seatbelt on them. They're in the high chair. No childproof houses. Hey, I was a rebel. I rode a bike without a helmet. I, hey, better than that, I had somebody on the handlebars. Hey, and I'd ride by the cops, and we just wave. Now they're calling defects. What kind of parent would let them get on a bicycle without a helmet? They're going to die. Look here. We didn't have car seats. My papa told me, get in the truck, boy. And he had this little place. He'd, he'd fold down this thing in the middle of his, oh, his, oh man, 1978 baby blue ford truck man i get in that thing he had this fold down thing i say papa can i sit in the middle he said yeah you can sit in the middle boy i was boy i wasn't right i don't know. i don't think he can remember my name but anyway so i sat right there hey and you know what he had a camper top on the back of it y'all know where i'm going he had a mattress in it he said hey guys we're going to north carolina fancy huh I said, can I get in the back? Yeah, get in the back. Climb in. And man, three of those four hours, I was asleep in the back of the truck. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all, 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 y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, look here, look here. No, 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 we didn't have any booster seats except at the barber shop. We didn't, hey, look, we didn't have, we didn't have seat belts. We know they were in there, but it's like, what's that? Hey, we didn't, we didn't have, we didn't have airbags. We, we rode in the back of a pickup truck. The scandal! Plus can and whoa. Hey, look here, look here. Drank, drank from a garden hose. Two friends could drink the same Coke. Now you better have that Coke six feet away from me, brother. Get away. I mean it's a mess. Hey, look here. We ate cupcakes and real butter. And here's something I don't understand. We all ate bread. Half the world's allergic to bread. I'm not making fun of you. I don't know what happened. Gluten is killing everybody, it's the the demon of gluten. I didn't know demons had names like that. Look here, we played outside. And if I got hurt, if I was somebody, somebody else's house, they said, rub dirt on it. <laughs> oh, we got to take him to the ER. We got to get him sitting down. He's got to get his blood pressure checked. No, rub dirt on it. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. We played until the streetlights came on. And then we played some more under the streetlight. There are people, people around us that build their own cars. They sit around building their own cars. Look here, we, and this is going to mess up. This is going to mess up all the young folks. Look, look here, look here. We didn't have Xboxes. We didn't play. When I got older as a teenager, there was some Nintendo, but I couldn't afford all that. Look, it's just, you went outside and you played. Hey, we played with sticks and balls, and we found out what we could do with it. Man, we had a great time with one another. We did all this. Look, nobody, look, nobody, ugh, nobody ever drowned. We would jump in the creeks. We'd jump in the waters and stuff. Oh, don't go out there. Whatever you do, you could get hurt. Supposed to hurt, just yesterday we were talking about playgrounds at the public school. <laughs> and how you got to have two inches of mulch. And they'll come out there and literally they'll measure it. And as the kids swing on the swing and their feet hit the ground and knock it out of the way, they got to make sure that when they're done, they go back and rake back in the mulch and got to have two inches, got to have two inches. Those poor little babies might get hurt. We got to folks. Right in the middle of Wisconsin, look—we used to fall out of trees. We would get cut, broke bones. Our teeth would be loose. All this kind of stuff. We didn't. So we didn't file lawsuits over spilling coffee in your lap, you little sissy. We didn't do that. We believed in hard work, folks. Had never been a single person that drowned in sweat. Not one. Not one, folks. Oh, listen, right in the middle of all this, we see a problematic plan, folks. Oh, listen, the ship could get busted up, but we got to be tough. We're going to be in the water in just a minute. Oh, but then I see this. I see I see the jailer jumping. I see the jailer jumping. I'm going to be real quick on this one because I know we got to hurry. But listen to me carefully. There are so many people out there giving up. There are so many people out there giving up and saying, I'm done. And I mean not just giving up, meaning I'm done with my business or I'm done with this. I'm talking about giving up on life. Here, let, 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 me, let me read these. Verses 30 and 32. Verses 30 and 32. I'm going to turn to them now. They'll have them up there. Here's what it says. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color as they, had, as they would have cast anchors out on the foreship, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, except thee abiding this ship, ye cannot be saved. Unless you stay on here you can't be saved. You got to stay on this boat. And this was a boat that was doomed. But he said you got to stay here. I'm telling you, I've been told you got to stay right here. People were saying, "Let's just jump off this thing." Oh, so many people in this nation right now saying, "I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm through with this. I'm through. I can't handle this anymore. I'm done with I'm done with this. I'm done with this job. I'm done with I'm done with voting. I'm done with elections. I'm done with all that kind of stuff. Oh, folks, if you just knew, if you just knew how much God wants us to stay on the ship. Don't give up. Don't jump off. Don't don't leave. Don't go don't go in another direction. You say Ryan, what what's the deal? Do you remember do you remember the lady that gave up? Hardly anybody else does either. Hardly anybody else does either. What they remember, there's three words. Three words that solve it. Never give up. You keep going as fast as hard as you can for Jesus Christ. We never give up. We keep fighting. We do everything that we can. Oh, but here's the good. Oh, my goodness. Here's the good part. We're going to read verses 39 through 44. I see them grab on to grace. It says this. And when it was they, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were minded. If it were possible to, trust, to thrust the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoisted the, the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart struck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, remember that protected saint, Kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, listen to this: the rest, some on broken pieces, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. Let me tell you something, folks. Let me let me tell you something. You say, Well, Ryan, what, what do we do? What do we do? you gotta, you got to grab on the grace. I put boards out here. Can you imagine just for a minute? They, they, this thing is falling apart. They fall out of this ocean. They start grabbing on. They start grabbing on to something that would make them float. They're grabbing all the pieces, whatever they can do. Oh, this isn't, the, this isn't the life of the Christian. The life of the Christian is we should still be on that boat, sailing, having a good time, singing kumbaya, all that. No, 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 they're out in the ocean. Paul's already said we're going to make it. Every last one of them, is going up and down with the waves, up and down with the waves. He's holding on. Let me tell you something, folks. you got to know the promises of God. Paul, This is what Paul trusted. This is what Paul trusted. He trusted the promises of God. God already said you're going to make it. You know what we ought to grab on to? We ought to grab on to Psalm 37. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. What about Psalm 23 and 4? And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's just another plate to hang on to. Oh, praise God. It's just something to grab on to in the midst of all You say, Ryan, let let me tell you something. I've said this before in Sunday schools and, and sermons. You can memorize Scripture. You still got songs in your head that ought not be in your head. You still got lyrics that are nasty and dirty, and you can't get them out of it. As soon as the song, the beat starts, you say, oh, I remember that song. Oh, I remember that song. <laughs> you can learn the Word of God, too. You're hanging on to His promises. You say, but my memory. I know what you're saying. There was a man one time. He, went, he had been playing golf. He came home. He was talking to his wife. He said, honey, I can't see anymore. I'm going to just stop playing golf. She said, you know what you ought to do? You ought to take my brother out there. He can see perfectly. He sees perfectly. He says, yeah, honey, but he's, he's almost 90 years old, but he can see perfectly. Take him out there. He said, okay, I'll do it. In just a minute, this is what he did. He, he said, called him up on the phone. He said, hey, man, you want to go golf? He said, sure. So he went out and played golf, came back, and the wife asked, how'd it go? He said, not too good. He said, I went over there with him, I hit the ball, and I, I couldn't see where it was going. I looked over at him, I said, hey, man, did you see the ball? He said, yes, I did. He said, where did it go? He said, I can't remember. <laughs> I know. Listen, I know what, I get it, I get it, memory's tough. But folks, listen, you've got to have something you can grab on to. When, we, when we're looking at these verses, when we're looking at these verses, uh, Philippians 4 9, my God shall supply all your, need, all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Oh, if I was to grab onto a board, Joshua 1 and 9, be strong and courageous. Be not dismayed or or fearful, for the Lord thy God will go with you wherever you go. Who wouldn't want that as a plank to grab onto in the middle of a storm? John 8 and 36, if the Son sets you free, what? You are free indeed. Who wouldn't want to keep that on the side of them and say, listen, I got my floaties on. I got my floaties on. I got the promises of God, praise God. What about 1 John 1 He says, listen, he says you confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive them and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Who wouldn't want to float around on that, folks? That's something you can get out of that sea with. That's something you can survive on right there, praise God. When it's the, when it's the promises of God. What about Isaiah 50? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Praise God! You want to hang on to that one. What about Isaiah forty-three? When I pass this through the waters, I will be with you. When the rivers begin to rise, you will not be overtaken. Hey, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Who wouldn't want to hang on to that? Oh, praise God. Philippians 4 and 7, the peace of God which passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds. Who wouldn't want to hang on to that? John 16 and 33 said, I want you to have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, praise God. Who wouldn't want that as something they could hang on to, praise God. Oh, in Philippians 4 and 13, you all know, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, in Romans 6 and 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Oh, folks, listen, I'm out in this water, but I promise you this, I got something to float on. I got something to float on, and it's the promises of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Folks, God is telling you today, God is telling you today that He has promised you everything you need, and it's right there in the Word of God. It's right there in the Word of God. Lord Jesus, we love you, we praise you, we thank you. And Lord, there are people in this room, Lord, that are going through so many storms. And God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, Lord, to get inside of them, Lord. To help them, to bring them that peace that passes all understanding, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you'll strengthen them. You'll help them if it's physical, if it's mental, if it's emotional, if it's spiritual. Whatever that storm is, God, that you'll help them. And you'll help them in a strong way. Lord, get them through. Just Believe, Lord, in us, God. We, we're trying to believe in you. I pray, God, you believe in us and you help us, Lord. Friend, maybe there's somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ either in this room or on the other side of that camera. Friend, if that's you, you say, Ryan, I want to make it right with God, but I have no idea how. Friends, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. It should have been you, but it was him. You say, Ryan, I I, I want to make it right with God. What, what, What do I do? Friend, I want you to pray this prayer, meaning it with all your heart. This prayer is not what saves you. It's your heart and the meaning behind it. You pray it something like this. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I want to be forgiven of my sin. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus to come into my heart to save my soul. To save my soul from damnation. I want to be right with you. Forgive me of my sin for I'm a sinner. Save my soul. Help me to live for you. Oh, I believe you died on that cross. I believe you're alive today. Help me to live for you. Save my soul. Friend, if you prayed that, every head bowed and every eye closed. In just a moment, we're going to sing. And if you prayed that in this room, come see me. If you prayed on the other side of the camera, call us. Call us at Mountain View. Any staff member, any deacon, they'd be more than happy to talk to you. Lord Jesus, we love and praise and give you all the glory and honor. Lord Jesus, we love you. Help us through this storm we're experiencing as a nation, as, as people, as families. Help us through it. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.